do you want to be a slave to someone else, right? If you got revolving credit card debt and you're just getting, you know, all this interest that's being charged to you every single month, you're working for someone else. You're being a slave to someone else. Like, does that feel good? No. And that's what leads to the feelings of worthlessness, feeling inadequate, you know, Hello, loyal listeners. Welcome into your favorite career and financial podcast, The Free Retiree Show. You are joined alongside your favorite co-host, Lee Michael Murphy and Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Lee, can you not use that voice the rest of today, please? Which voice? Your little intro voice. Do better. (laughs) I thought it was nice. I thought it was a nice, nice touch. But whatever, bro. We'll let, we should ask for feedback from the listeners. They, they probably love my, <laughs> my voice changes. Um, so for today's episode, we're doing a money management edition, and we're talking about everyone's favorite financial topic, debt. Dun, dun, dun. So we're going to talk about when is it okay to get into debt? And some of you are probably like, ah, debt seems pretty terrible. So Serge, when I say the word debt, what comes to mind emotionally? Debt is like this anvil on your back. It feels like it's just pushing you down and down and down. Yeah, emotionally, it's not good. Not good feelings. But from what I've heard, wealthy people use debt very differently. This is very true. So I would love to hear more. Yes. So for this, I will, we'll touch a little bit on that and some of the advantages of debt. For the wealthy folks, but for the majority of the podcast, it's going to apply to most of you guys because I don't <laughs> for think the regular. Got, I don't think we got any of the uh, the top one percenters or uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, listening to the podcast, but debt society tells us that it's evil, right? So a lot of times, you know, you hear people like, "Oh, debt is the worst thing in the world." Like we, our society demonizes debt, and you know, debt is a tool. You know, and it can be used for the right stuff and it can be used for the wrong stuff. So great thing my mom told me when I went and got my uh, first credit card, she went to the bank with me. I think I was probably 18. And she told me that, hey, this is a tool. And honestly, this is probably one of the best financial advice I've ever gotten. Yeah. And uh, and I'm glad my mom gave it to me. She hasn't really given me a ton of like great financial advice, actually. But that one was actually really, it, it helped me stay out of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And she said, this is a tool is think of this like a, like a gun, you know, you it can be very useful, but it can also kill yourself with it. Yeah. Like, ah, that makes sense. And now I'm very much on alert and don't want to make the wrong decisions with this new flashy credit card. Good advice. Yeah. So, but for most of us, we're aware that credit card debt is bad and how it can get out of control. Same thing with student debt. But what would you guess, Serge, the average American household? Carrying consumer debt, so car payment, student loan payment, credit card. What do you think? Uh, what percent holds consumer debt? Sorry, ask that question one more time. Like, what percentage of um, of households have that consumer debt? Like, we're talking consumer debt. Like, is more like the bad debt. That's like student debt. Oh, you're cards, saying car payments. What percentage of households have this type of debt? Yeah, I mean, I'd assume a hundred ninety nine percent. Mm, well, probably if you're counting like credit cards that pay off, but like a revolving, revolving debt of the of consumer debt. Uh, 
65%? No, nah, not that bad. Not that bad. But about 40%. 40% of households have revolving consumer debt uh, on average rate around $6,000 of revolving consumer debt. So um, like credit cards, car payments. I guess what are you trying to illustrate? Like people should be paying off their credit cards. It shouldn't be this absolutely. minimum amendment, minimum payment thing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then I think the main message of this podcast is not just about paying the debt off. It's the difference in debt, right? There's there's different levels, right? And different types. And I think what we want to really hit home on this podcast is it's not all the same. It's all very different, right? Like you've got these people like Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, very popular people in uh, financial education saying, oh, debt is bad. Like you should never get into it. You know, pay cash for everything, you know, even with your home, put save up enough cash. Don't use, don't use any debt. That's a message that we hear a lot. And yeah. today we're going to try to tell you the difference between good debt and bad debt and how you need to utilize it. But one of the biggest things about debt is that it's not just the financial burden. It's the negative impact that it has on us mentally. Mm-hmm. So according to a recent study, uh, 4,500 married couples, research saw that couples that took on more debt over time were more likely to split up. Couples mm-hmm. with higher debt also fought more often, reported lower marital satisfaction. So I think that's one of the big things that we don't really realize about debt. It's like we can get into it. We're like, ah, we'll deal with that payment. But we don't really take into account the mental stress that it has on us and our relationships. So Serge, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever had this in your life? I know that might be a little personal, but... Uh... Yeah, no, I, th- I think... Yeah, we we had debt. I think we had like credit card debt. Nothing like insane compared to like, I think a lot of couples, but we, yeah, anytime there's a lot of credit card debt, it's stressful. Like we're just like, oh, we have this like payment um, and we want to just pay it off, but it's hard sometimes because it's like, oh, we're good. we want to go on this vacation. But I think what stresses us out is like once we realize how much debt we collected over a certain amount of time, it's like shit, like this whole thing is like sitting in the back of our minds and we're it's like that problem or that task you never want to actually deal with. So you you have this this uh worry in the back of your mind always. I think when we have a lot of debt, I think it's it's in the back of our minds. And then at some point one of us explodes and we're like, we need to pay everything off. Or like, we, you know, it's just <laughs> at one point, it's just all, bu- it's bubbling up, I think is what I'm trying to say. And you know what? The statistics tell us that you are not alone. There's a overwhelming amount of American households that, that do have battles about debt. In fact, we know, and we've said on this podcast before, that divorce generally comes from finances not infidelity that you might think or any of these other things but your finances and uh, i can tell you just from the large sample size that i've seen families couples breaking over debt is probably the most common the divorces i've seen uh you know and i might be counseling you know the couple separately one couple's the spender you know, making purchases, not being honest with their purchases. It starts like that. First, it's irresponsible. Then it becomes lies, lies, yep. lies, lies about their debt. And they might have a hidden card or whatnot. And then it it just spirals, spirals yep. from there. So yeah, very, very common. So we're going to talk today about like, when is debt appropriate? And, you know, the differences. So tip number one, 
And this is what you got to ask yourself. Will the debt help you save? So if you're going to buy a new home, a condo, those are things that force people to save and the debt can be good. And I would actually say that this is one of the best things for couples that struggle to save. So there's different types of households, right? If we have a household that has two couples that are good with money, saving money ain't no problem and mm-hmm. it's easy. Mm-hmm. But maybe we got, you know, couples, maybe two of them are bad with money or just one of them is bad with money. Getting a getting a home or buying property can be one of the best things because it's for savings because no one wants to lose that property, right? So I think that's one of the first questions you ask. When you're taking on any debt, ask yourself this, will it help me save? And if you can say yes, I think you can feel good with that debt. Serge, any questions on that one? Yeah, I think that's that's good advice because I think to your point, it's like all bets, all debt is not bad. And some debt is going to force me to to save. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So let's go into the second one. The second question you need to ask yourself. Will this debt help provide an income? Hmm. So you can make an argument with student debt. Eventually will lead to an income, right? So you can say, that, all yeah. right, that makes it's justifiable to take on student debt. But this is where it gets really really tricky. You want to make sure if you're going to take on student debt, be honest with the income that you're going to make and how long it's going to take to pay that off. Far too often, you know, society tells us that education is everything and it's going to solve all your problems, right? We've all seen it, right, man? Like uh, kids are, you know, going through school and, you know, it's fantastic that they're trying to better themselves, get the, get that education. Um, but they're coming out with hundreds of thousands. I mean, a lot of them are, I mean, most are coming out with tens of thousands, but a lot are still coming out with hundreds of thousands of yeah. debt. And it would, they're not going to be able to get out of that hole anytime soon. I know doctors who are like loaded, like they're like wealthy, but they have this insane amount of debt. And I'm like, will you ever pay that off? Yeah. And I think I would argue for like actually doctors, like it's probably one of the only professions where the debt makes sense. Yeah. Outside of that. Yeah. I mean, you doctors, really, maybe lawyers, lawyers, maybe, probably. maybe, yeah. maybe outside of the medical profession. Sheesh. You really, you really got to like do a benefit analysis of like, what will this give me as an ROI? And I think, you know, yes. So does the debt provide you an income student debt should, but really be honest about what you're going to make. And how and understand how long it's going to take for you to pay off and what you're going to pay in the interest. Business loans. If you're an entrepreneur, getting a business loan, that's going to help create income, right? And I think it's, uh, you know, also did the analysis of what you can reasonably expect to make, you know, in your first five years in business. Yeah. So I think those are, you know, I think those are justifications for, you know, taking on debt. Any questions on those, Serge? Yeah, I guess like everyone's not going to be a doctor or lawyer, but like maybe business school. Yeah, I think I think college in general is a good thing. I think you just have to be student debt is good in most cases, but you need to be mindful of how much you're taking on. Yes, and try to minimize it. And minimize yeah. it. There's so many ways Possible. now. Like, if you if you're if you're wealthy, you come from a wealthy family, sure. But you know, for most that don't, you know. 
look at other alternatives, like, you know, junior college, if you can, and then finish up somewhere else, like, because we're seeing so many people coming out of school that are just, you know, thought they'd get rid of that debt, you know, in a couple of years, and it's multiple decades later, and still have huge, huge debt balances. So um, that's just something to think about. Uh, the next one, does this debt give an ROI? And Serge, I know you're not going to like this one, but, Uh-oh. you know, uh, spending debt on, you know, like cars, if they're depreciating assets, they don't really give you ROI. Now, I'd say, you know, people need a car, go ahead and spend one third of your income, you know, on a car, preferably a used car, because, you know, we all know when we drive it off the lot, the car goes it's down probably, like $5,000, yeah. which is uh, Victoria is really going to love hearing this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, but that that's, I think that's one of the big questions that you got to ask yourself. So when we're going shopping at the mall, uh, Serge is shopping for, uh, what are you buying these days, Serge? Actually, I don't know. When Serge goes I'm, to the mall, what's I, he buying? Serge doesn't go to the mall. I hate the mall. But right now, Amazon, I'm buying, oh, I told you I got the electric bike. Oh, yes. So yes. I'm buying a lot of accessories right now for the bike. But that has ROI because it's my my therapy when I just go out on the oh, town and ride. Get the hell out. So listeners, this is exactly what not to do when justifying your debt. But yeah, so I think that's an important question, right? Like obviously, you know, if you got the money saved in the bank account, you know, you're you have 30% of your income that you're saving for discretionary stuff. Hopefully, maybe it's a little bit less and you're using it to buy stuff you want. Go ahead. I'm not against people spending money and enjoying their lives, but don't use debt for things that are going to entertain you. Automobiles, automobile, you have to be reasonable about, like I said, 30% of your income. In vacations, you know, we all want vacations, but don't use debt to get your vacation. Uh, any questions on that one, Serge? Unless, so there is a counter argument. Oh God, here we go. Here we no, go. No, here I'm we go. For, for vacations, if you have a credit card that gives you points or like a really good structure. Yeah, well, if you're paying that off. And if you can off, pay it off. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I put most of my stuff on my credit card just to be transparent. I put oh, almost every purchase I can on my credit card Yeah, and I pay it off. And I haven't paid for airline travel domestically for years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, that's just one like, caveat i think yeah yeah yeah. is to make sure how you're using your paying off your credit card when it's not letting it build interest yep we can agree on that one and then lastly and i think this is like the you know if you're using a credit card you know you always think it's bad but now if it's necessary for the health and well-being of the family I think that is okay. You know, uh, some financial people might disagree, but I think you know when your family is sick and hurt, uh, you kind of got a green light to you explore that path, and hopefully you can uh, use the credit cards to fix the problem temporarily and then get out of the debt later. And I think that's the really the only acceptable acceptable reason to get into credit card debt. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there are those situations where you might need to use it but you you know you you always tell us have that emergency fund yeah right so if you saved up technically you should have money to use for emergencies 
Uh, yeah, you have to use a credit card. I love that you mentioned that, Serge. I, that that <laughs> lets me know that some of the stuff I'm saying is getting to you. I really appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. I got you, man. But yeah, yeah, that you should have had the emergency fund, right? So in an ideal situation, you know, where you have to turn to credit card debt, you probably blew through the emergency fund first, that three to six months of cash in the bank, and then you have to turn, unfortunately, to credit cards. So that's how it would play out. But, uh, you know, big thing with debt is, you know, always be very cautious anytime you get into debt, even for the the good reasons, the bad reasons, always have, you know, the sense of caution around you because it is something that can get out of control. And the way you got to look at it is, do you want to be a slave to someone else, right? If you got revolving credit card debt and you're just getting, you know, all this interest that's being charged to you every single month, you're working for someone else. You're being a slave to someone else. Like, does that feel good? No. And that's what leads to the feelings of worthlessness, feeling inadequate, you know, feeling like you're trapped. Those are the things that, you know, getting into bad debt can cause. So I would just caution everybody, like, you know, try to stay away from that. We talked about in the beginning, you know, when is debt beneficial? And this is for, you know, the wealthier folks. You know, you're Serge, you're a big fan of your boy Elon. Right. And you heard how he uses his debt. Let's just set the record straight. I am no longer a fan of Elon. I need to get that out in the, in the internets and our, our fan base. I am no longer a fan of Elon. That's that's straight. How are you going to get rid uh, of that? I love Elon tattoo on your butt. Like, how's that? Are you going to go tattoo removal for that or what? No, the problem is, is the cars I have in my driveway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hey, no, what the question was around how he handles his debt, yep, or how he utilizes debt. From what I've heard, he has very few things he owns, and he, um, actually, I don't know, I'm not gonna pretend to know. I thought I knew, but I don't know. How does he do it? Okay, so and this is for a lot of wealthy folks. The reason why they're able to dodge, you know, taxes like the masses is they take out debt. For pretty much all the things they pay for because they have so many assets, they can take debt at a very low interest rate. So when they're paid, they try to pay themselves through their stock. Stock, you're not going to pay any taxes until you sell it. And then it's going to be a capital gains rate, which is much lower than ordinary income. And for money that they're spending, they they take out debt because debt isn't really taxable. So that's what these trick all these millionaires or billionaires do is they use debt as a as a tool to avoid most of the taxes that we pay as normal people. So yeah, debt can be a tool. And also like, you know, for people that are, uh, we're big proponents of people getting into real estate, investment, real estate. There's a lot of advantages there as well to help mitigate your taxes. We won't get into that too much on this podcast, but realize the whole point is debt is not, you know, demonic. It is not evil, but there's you have to understand that there's differences how people use debt. And hopefully this podcast gave you a little bit more insight into when it's okay to use it For and sure. how it can be useful. Yeah, this was great. I think it's uh it's important to understand debt because like you said it it's it's the at the center of so many conflicts. It it is. It is. And right? I think you know we have to look at it as you know we can either you know, in this life, we can use the money for material things and, you know, being slaves to our money for that lifestyle, or we can use it to buy, to get, we can use our money to give us more time and freedom and space. And I think that's what we're all about is, you know, don't use the money to get more fancy stuff. 
try to learn to live within your means, try to be content with who you are. Uh, money is not going to buy you happiness. It really is not. And so st- don't, don't subscribe to that. Use it as a tool to give more time. I know we've talked about this. The most valuable asset we all have, right, is our time, time with our loved ones, time doing things that we are passionate about. And the more debt we take on, it generally takes away from that. So that would be my my two cents on that. Yeah, like money, money's not going to make you happy, but it is going to allow you to create opportunities for yourself to have more time with the people you love, which in turn could make you happier. But like, just having money in the bank isn't going to make you happier. Absolutely. Well, so it, it's it's necessary to <laughs> to live. Sometimes it is to live to like <laughs> live that life you want. <laughs> It's necessary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No sugar coating it. Yeah, unfortunately, it is. But yep, well said, my friend. All right, ladies and gents, hope you like that podcast. Please share us. We appreciate it. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The free retiree, Securities America Advisors and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or a portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb, Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.